1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Welcome to another week. Boy, it's going to be a hot one. And the rise in temperatures, well, given the climate out there, and I'm not talking about the weather when I talk about the climate, uh, could portend violence in our communities. I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm trying to be a realist and prepare you for what could be happening based upon what has already happened. Hi, I'm Bruce Hooley. This is the Bruce Hooley Show on the Answer Network, 98.9 Columbus, 94.5 in Dayton. All the headlines today coalesce around violence around guns, protecting yourself, being in danger from guns. Mike DeWine signed a law this morning that allows teachers in Ohio to be armed in the classroom with 24 hours training. There are those who love this proposal as a means to prohibit or guard against happening here, what happened in Uvalde, Texas, just over a week ago. And there are those who think that it will lead to bad things, things that, re, th- things that happen because of reactions in the heat of the moment, like what appears to have happened yesterday inside a store at Tuttle Mall in Dublin, where a man was shot dead in the head in the middle of the afternoon. In the mall, I said, in Dublin, Ohio. Now, about the time that was happening, three in the afternoon, some mm, five to six miles away, we in the Hooli family were celebrating the graduation of my oldest daughter. Her grad party was yesterday. I have two other daughters. And even though every bone and muscle in my body is crying out in pain today from doing all the work outside that a dad does to combine with the work that a mom and her best friend who was kind enough to fly in from Arizona and help do to get the house inside and out looking as good as it's ever looked for a graduation party. The thought that I had after all of that was, okay, now we can relax. And so for the first time in a week, I took time last night as I laid down on my my pillow mattress topper and my pillow to look at the news. And that is where I saw the headlines of a man murdered in broad daylight in the middle of the afternoon in a busy mall in what is perceived to be one of central Ohio's safest areas, Dublin, Ohio. And I thought to myself, my middle daughter is 16. She is a social butterfly. She has tons of friends and will be getting her driver's license soon. And one of the last things she asked me about her friends and her having an excursion was, Hey, Dad, can you take me to so-and-so's house so we can go to the mall? And I didn't have a great feeling about it, but maybe you've been there as a parent. Let me know if you have. 844-TALK-989. 844-TALK-989. You're not at peace with where your child says they're going, but you know in your head that it is quite unlikely anything bad will happen to them there, but there is the possibility that something bad could happen to them there. One of the best pieces of parenting advice that I received from my oldest brother years ago was that you need to say no on the things that can change their life irrevocably. And you need to say yes on some of the things that you personally aren't crazy about but won't exact long-term consequences. In other words, you can't say no to everything. You've got to say yes to some things. Say yes to the things that are, by and large, harmless. A trip to the mall, when I was in high school, when you were in high school, as recently as three years ago, was harmless. But now, in the last couple years, we have had two shootings at Polaris Fashion Place. Not a bad part of town. We've had a shooting at Easton. Big gathering spot for all of Central Ohio. Previously not perceived to be a dangerous place. And now yesterday we've had a shooting at Tuttle Crossing. In broad daylight, in the middle of a store where a clerk and a customer got into some kind of a dispute. The clerk is alleged to have hit the customer with a bag, something that he was swinging around. And the customer promptly pulled out a gun and shot at the man several times, hitting him at least once in the head and killing him right there in the store while other customers looked on. And then the shooter exited the store and was soon, I presume soon, apprehended outside another store at the mall. He did not resist arrest. Thankfully, it could have become a much worse situation than it was. But I'm sitting here as a citizen and as a dad trying to figure out what I should say the next time my daughter says, hey, dad, we're going to the mall. These are decisions that a dad should not have to make, that a citizen should not have to make, that I should not have to worry about with my daughter's safety. But I do because of the culture that Andrew Ginther has wrought in Columbus, Ohio, and it's not any different than the culture in Most cities in Ohio, it's the same in Cleveland, the same in Cincinnati, the same in Dayton, the same in Youngstown, the same in Toledo. It's the same all over the country. We used to look at things that would happen in cities like New York and L.A. and Chicago, whether it was violence or wokeness in schools, and say, well, that's there, that's not Ohio. Well, now it's everywhere. It's not just Ohio, it's Dublin, Ohio. A week ago, Sunday, Dublin, Ohio was in the national spotlight for the Memorial Tournament. And now, a week later, we are much less so in the national spotlight because a shoe store clerk got shot in the head. And we are not in the national spotlight because what's the definition of news? The definition of news is something that happens ...out of the ordinary, right? Do we write stories about the airplane that lands successfully at Port Columbus? No, we do not. There are hundreds of them that land successfully every single day. But let one crash and it will lead the news because it's unusual. And so the fact that a guy getting shot in the head at Tuttle Crossing Mall... ...while working in a shoe store is not a big story nationally... It's not even a big story locally, less than 24 hours later, because it's really just another plane that landed, because this happens everywhere. We had a four-year-old, a four-year-old shot in Portsmouth overnight, and the temperature tomorrow is supposed to be 92, and then 96, and then... Ninety-eight, And what happens? What happens when the temperature outside soars and the daylight hours are extended longer and people get into more disputes? And yes, today is the day that in the state of Ohio, the law goes into effect that you can now carry a concealed weapon without being certified without taking a class, without getting a concealed carry. You don't need it anymore. I sat through the classes. My wife sat through the classes. We went to the range. We shot the weapon. We got comfortable with the weapon. We made our choices because we felt like it was important to protect our children. Well, now anybody in the state of Ohio has that right as outlined in the Constitution of the United States Second Amendment, which the Democrats would love to get rid of. And you don't have to have a license if you're 21 or older. And you can get used to the fact that when a police officer stops you for running a stop sign, a red light, speeding, or whatever, they're going to come up to the car and they're going to ask you for license, registration, and a third question, are you carrying a concealed weapon? They never had to ask you that before because if you had your CCW, you were obligated by law to tell them that you had a weapon with you in the car. But now, you're not obligated to tell them. They will ask you. And this will ratchet up the tensions between police and some suspects and reactions born of emotion bring about bad circumstances we saw it yesterday at Tuttle Mall we will no doubt see it and I would say we'll see it limited to the streets of Franklinton the Hilltop Linden but I'm not that naive anymore because if it can happen in Dublin and in Easton and at Polaris Fashion Place it can happen everywhere because it already is You know, when something is uh, complete nonsense and a waste of time, they often refer to it as a dog and pony show. Uh, The January 6th hearings are underway again in Washington, D.C., which I have dubbed a dog and Benny show since Benny Thompson, the uh, Mississippi congressman, is the head of it. I can't imagine what they're hearing right now. Uh, Chris Steierwald got into the uh, hearings, and I can't imagine that he is not. Reading them the Riot Act because he's a he's a uh, conservative through and through. But here's the thing with the January sixth hearings. Look, I'm I'm open to evaluation. I'm not going to say I'm not going to pay any attention. I'm going to pay attention if you've got a smoking gun, if you've got something on the record that I know is not fabricated. Fine. But if you're going to show me like Liz Twainy, Cheney, excuse me, Liz Cheney did last week, a tweet from Donald Trump and then not read the end of the tweet that says "Go in love and peace." Well, then I think I'm being played. OK, but here's the other part of this. If Trump was so bad, if Trump was evil, if Trump was really a threat to the democracy, shouldn't you feel it deep enough in your gut that you don't need to read it off a teleprompter? Here's how Benny Thompson started the proceedings today, just a little bit over 20 minutes ago in Washington, D.C.
0: Benny, don't. Good morning. morning. Last week, the Select Committee laid out a preview of our initial findings about the conspiracy overseen and directed by Donald Trump to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election and block the transfer of power, a scheme unprecedented in American history. My colleagues and I don't want to spend time talking about Ourselves during these hearings. But we will. But as someone who's run for office a few times, I can tell you...
1: No, I don't care what you can tell me. What I can tell you, Benny, is don't read it off the prompter. It's a lot more believable. He's reading it. I know it's hard for you to pick it up, but trust me, when you're watching it on television, and how many people do you know that just throw out the word unprecedented in the middle of a rant? So this is going to continue as long as they can possibly milk it for ratings, for attention, for headlines. Um, Meanwhile, the real headlines, the real headlines, well, they take a back seat when you're trying to conjure up phony and fake headlines. Uh, For instance, I've been in the news business a long time. I talked in the open about there's a reason why we write about the plane that crashes rather than the plane that lands. Uh, When someone is caught in the neighborhood of a sitting Supreme Court justice with a gun, a knife, tools to break into his house, duct tape to kidnap him—that uh, doesn't happen every day. Thankfully, although Democrats probably like it too, if they can prevent the draft opinion of on uh, the abortion ruling out of Mississippi, doing away with Roe v.ersus Wade. But that doesn't happen every day. You would think that would be a topic of conversation for the Sunday news shows. Uh, no. How much coverage did the assassination plot? On Brett Kavanaugh I'll get from ABC, CBS, NBC, and CNN on Sunday. they he's got a big Sunday show, right? Gotta do a block on that. Maybe a half hour, bring a guest on. Show some graphics. Uh, got zero coverage. Zero. Zip. Not a none. Uh, Britt Hume. I remember when Britt Hume used to work for ABC. Britt Hume amazed that there was no... Well, I don't know if he was amazed. He's about to tell you why there was no Kavanaugh coverage. The broadcast networks have placed themselves, by the way they cover things, at the service of one party, the Democratic Party. Uh, in the hearing the other night, so-called, uh, there were two Republicans, both of them hand-picked by Democratic Speaker Nancy Pelosi. In the meantime, we have what appear to be quite, well, we have one obviously very real threat against Brett Kavanaugh. And, and the possibility of further threats against Amy Coney Barrett and perhaps others. This is a big deal, or should be. The fact that it merits so little coverage should tell people all they need to know about what, what kind of news divisions and what kind of, what kind of uh, uh, attitude these networks have. It's really distressing to me as somebody who worked for many years for one of those broadcast networks news divisions. Well, Brit and I should have lunch. And we should talk about how we are both. Mutually embarrassed by our former profession. I mean, I used to be a print journalist, and I advocated for print journalism and fairness. And hearing from both sides, I wouldn't have thought in my newspaper days to write these slanted garbage pieces that I routinely see now from people who are supposedly esteemed in the profession. For instance, with inflation soaring, with gas prices out of sight with the stock market down 800 points on Friday and in pre-market trading today, taking another bath and almost in bear market territory. I might find it newsworthy. If you're going to have hearings about things Donald Trump supposedly said, you want to know something he said that's a lot more relevant than anything he said about the 2020 election? Remember when Donald Trump says, if Joe Biden gets elected, we'll have record inflation and the stock market will crash, like in the Great Depression. You know what? A lot of the things Trump said were weird and wacky. And also a lot of them were pretty close to or right on the money. We haven't crashed into markets yet, but there are markets around the world today that are in turmoil And certainly you're not feeling good if you are heavily invested in stocks at the moment. But today, the January 6th hearings will bring out Trump's former campaign manager to ask if Trump knew he lost the election and put forth baseless claims about it. Now, we talked here on this show for a long, long time about Dinesh D'Souza's movie 2,000 Mules, co-produced by the Salem Media Network, which, of course, We are a part of the Salem Media Network here just to check the full disclosure box. But the contention of this January 6th committee is that Trump knew he lost the election. And I just ask, is it possible that given the thrust of 2,000 mules, given the fact that there was a, oh, remember the water main break in Atlanta that stopped the vote counting, although the vote counting didn't stop? Remember the... Pennsylvania Supreme Court that allowed ballots to be counted, even though they came in after the Pennsylvania law said they're allowed to be counted. Remember all the shenanigans in Wisconsin? And I just like to submit a theory. Is it possible that there's just a disagreement between what the Democrats so badly wanted, which was Donald Trump to lose fair and square, and Donald Trump going, hey, this looks a little funny here. What happened in Atlanta looks a little funny what's going on in Pennsylvania. I'm up a couple hundred thousand in a lot of swing states. I wake up the next morning and I'm behind a couple hundred thousand. Maybe we ought to take a look at that. Is it possible that that's all this is?